Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. Okay, Jen, let's do this thing. Jen, is that you? Allie. How are you doing? Jeez, old pizza. Well, I was doing fine before. Whatever in the hell this is. It's like keeps saying, well, first time I can get it. And then it's like that you want to record with me. I click it. You want to record with me? Yeah, I know. I clicked it. And then I opened it and like opened the app. And then it just kept spinning. I'm like, you better connect. I know. Seriously, I'm on this side. Like, don't fucking play with me. You know, I'm used to you with your little technical difficulties, bullshit, but don't play with me. (laughs) It must be, maybe it's the storms. Are you getting them? Uh, So what it is out here. Yep. Yep. I was like, at first it was threatening. I look outside and everything's wet. Never mind. It's here. (laughs) The storm's here. Uh, Last night it started. I was like, dude, it sounds like the end of the world. Oh my gosh. I slept like a dead person last night, so I would not know. Oh, and well, your brother was... and I like moved the beds around and I woke up confused about where I was and where my things go. Like, where are my glasses? <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. I've been in that position. And then, <laughs> but at least I had a laugh last night. It was storming. I woke up just briefly here and there. It was way better than yesterday. Okay. It, everybody comes in at different times. I'm the only one that comes in at normal human time. Right. Yeah. Everybody else works uh, like uh, like yeah. odd shifts. Yeah, it's like twelve thirty, one thirty, two thirty. So yesterday, I'm laying in bed sleeping, and I get woken up by the dog running around the house, like down the hallway, down the stairs, back up, around, like everywhere, like three or four times. I jump out of bed because I think I got a mouse. Yeah. Like this dude's got to be chasing a creature in the house. Oh no. He heard my son come in, like pull into the driveway, and he was excited. Oh, I could have murdered him at one I tried to explain to my coworker why your dog needs CBD biscuits. I was like, he, he needs, I was like, he's really, he's like at an eleven all the time. He's super excited. Oh, all the so time. ridiculous! And then it was like, okay, one thirty. Now I'm up, and then I think I fell asleep like two thirty. Woke up, then he wakes me up at three, just just wake me up, see if I was alive, I guess. Jesus Christ. And so then I was up at three, and then I'm like, I'm going to set, and then I was up for a while, and I was like, I'm going to set my alarm, so I'm up to record, <laughs> and then I want to turn that shit off, because I woke up at whatever, eight, seven, eight, yeah. uh-huh. it was something, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't worry, I was like, you don't understand Jen's dog, like he... He doesn't, <sighs> doesn't have a calm down button. He is like all go all the time. I fear for anybody that breaks in your house because your dog is just all go. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know it'll knock mean? you. He's just going to knock your ass over. Well, that's, that's the other. He has no problem full body checking an adult. He will come <sighs> at you and throw all 80 pounds straight at your chest. <laughs> oh, t- well, now he's up to 100 pounds. Oh, is he? And, yeah. And he and his favorite body check is always done on the stairs. Oh, he likes to oh. check you on the stairs. Yeah, like, come rob you and come up the stairs to get you. Someone's getting body checked on the stairs. Right, and if you stop, he stops. Like, how am I supposed to hit you if you're not walking? It's no, like, shit. oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I learned yesterday that I'm just too old. I can't, like, recover from, like, being woken up. 
I just can't recover anymore. Yeah. I tried to explain to your brother, like, there's so many things that we used to do that we just can't do anymore. At one point, he's like, let's stay up all night. I was like, and do what? Sleep all tomorrow? Because that's what's going to happen if we're not 20 anymore. <laughs> that or if you're up, it's like you're fucked. Excuse but me. guess where Guess where I'm coming from today? Right Wait, here. Are you at the lake house? No, I'm not. No, I didn't go because it was like going to rain all day. I was kind of pissed yesterday oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. because it rained, but then it was sunny. Uh, what? But we've been having this odd weather, and I don't remember it being like this. Yeah. Like, because I love the sun. Like, yeah. I'm out in it. And the past two, like last week and yesterday, the humidity, I felt like I was in Florida. Oh, for real. And I remember when I went to New Orleans, Mardi Gras, someone's like, how is that? Because we stopped in Mississippi. There's like, how Mississippi? how's Mississippi? I'm like, it is so humid. I'm swimming through the parking lot right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I swear. Um, I got a I got a new office chair, so I decided to record from my new office chair. Ooh. So I had in 2019, I bought an office chair and I spent a lot on it. It was like almost 300 bucks. Best office chair. I mean, you sit on this like sitting on a cloud. Your wow. butt like was in love, and. Then COVID hit and my son used this chair for a year and I went to sit on it after, you know, that year was up. I hadn't sat in the chair for like a year and I sat on it and there's this bar like going across my butt and I'm like, where's all the damn padding? He had worn out the padding (laughs) and I'm like, this is an expensive chair. So we have two different areas now. I sent him down to the basement. Nice. I gave him the chair, but I don't work from home that often. So I just use like this wooden chair that turns into a step stool. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I put a cushion from my dining room chair on that and then put a blanket over it. And that's what I would sit on. But oh my gosh, like it's good for an hour. And then after that, you go through these stages where... Your, your butt gut, hurts. Your butt. Now you're in just straight ass pain. Yeah. Somebody is jabbing shit into your ass. <laughs> it hurts. Okay. Yeah. And then you go to the stage of numbness. So now you can sit as long as you want. It's the next day that your ass can't sit. Yeah, for you're real. Like, and so I had started to come home more and, and work. And I was like, I got to get a damn chair. So I went yesterday and must have sat in like 50 chairs. And I'm going to tell you that a $600 chair ain't no different than a $100 chair. I've found out after you sit on all of them. Absolutely. Yeah. But this is so great. I'm like, I sat on it last night, worked on our YouTube channel. I got so much stuff done. I was like, didn't even think about my ass the whole time. Right. Ah, okay. I'm glad that your ass is happy. (laughs) Yeah. I'm loving life. So that's where I'm recording today from is my new office chair. With a happy butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what have you been doing? Honestly, not too much. I've just been taking care of my fish tanks and stuff. Oh, yeah. How's your killer snails? Oh, my gosh. They're doing well. They're really going through the bladder snails right now. So I'm like, okay, good. That's it. That's it. Everybody kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, so today I just want to say, I'm going to go over 
a murder that you I believe you had done previously. I cannot find it on the list, but there was a point when I'm like, I remember Jen specifically talking about this, but it has an update. And I was like, okay, well, let me tell the story again. Cause I couldn't find your story. Cause I was honest to God going to go back to our episode notes and reread them, <laughs> but I couldn't find it. I just could not find it. So I rewrote it and then I'm going to add the update at the end because <sighs> we parole somebody again and it's not Brett Coster, the serial murderer. It's somebody else. So that's funny that you were trying, like you did the story and you're like, Oh, you kind of remember that. Like maybe we did that Yeah. because I did a, I wrote up a story, Kevin arts and I'm like going through the story like, God, this sounds so familiar, but we've done things where people boil people. So I'm right. like, maybe it's not, maybe she didn't do it. And I, yesterday, cause that was going to be my yesterday story. Okay. And then I was working on the YouTube channel, getting stuff loaded there. And I'm like, shit, that's my story. Oh, you, <laughs> well, you, you, you had done it. Like and sort of sounded familiar. Yeah, he's the one that owned the pizza place in Jackson and had the apartment next to oh. it. He had brain surgery and then killed his wife. Yeah, it was the Pico Pizza Taco restaurant, right? Yeah, that and so yeah, oh, oh, oh yep. I do remember. And so I was like, okay, I did all that shit, God damn it. And I thought, oh well, let me let me re-listen to the episode and see if I got anything new. Cause I went through all the appeals and I'm like, shit, she yeah. did too. Okay. Not doing that. Oh no. I'm like, there wasn't an update or anything. Cause I was like, an update. <laughs> no, no. And everything like, it was funny because everything I had like, mm-hmm. well, if she didn't get too far, like into the details, like I did, I could just do it again. Oh, absolutely. But it was like, I wrote this shit. Like I listened to your podcast. Like, oh shit. <laughs> you're like maybe i did listen to the podcast and that's how it wrote yeah oh well, you mentioned that tattoo and i'm like i fucking remember that what is yours what? on today because my do stephanie dubay who was murdered in michigan i'm hoping we didn't do this one but i'm doing the railroad sniper rudy bladell b-l-a-d-e-l oh you know what i don't recall that one how about you go I'll go first since mine was already done and you can be like the good ending, the new story. Okay. Oh, and just, you know, next week, I don't know if you remember this. It was like episode number 13. I looked it up. I just got Kologi, Kologi, who murdered his family uh, between on New Year's Eve from 2017 into 2018. Do you remember that? He killed his family with a rifle. It was like, you might not. It was our 13th episode. So we're on 130 something right now. Right. So and more I'm thinking I can think of a couple where, where right? they got there. Well, he is finally in court and has been sentenced. So I'm going to do that next week. Oh, yeah. You're going to. Yeah. And then you'll have to do a brief of what what it was. So it reminds yeah. me. Well, I was going to do was I was going to reread my notes from the original one and then just update you because in the beginning they were thinking about charging him as a, as a minor because he was 16, 17 when it happened. And so I don't have like a lot of stuff and then I can follow up with here's the fucking details. Is this one <laughs> that happened in think during Thanksgiving? No, it was New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve. 
Yeah, he came, he had a rifle and he started shooting his family in the house and his brother and grandfather, though, survived the massacre. And uh, yeah, I'll go over next week. Yeah. The follow up on that one. Yeah. But today I want to talk about Stephanie Dubay. And I heard about it because I was like going through different articles and one was called like the Manson family. Then it's like hyphen MTTS dot medium dot com. It had a lot of not correct things or maybe things that didn't go with other ones. But I want to mention it because it's the one that brought my attention to it with the follow up with the um, role. I also read the voicenews.com, apnews.com, upi.com, Detroit News, Detroit Free Press, because we're in Michigan, Southeast Michigan. You get a lot of Detroit news. So even it was so hard for me to find information on the victim because I always like to look up the victim to give you like a little bit of background on her. Her name is Stephanie Dubay. She was born June 25th, 1975. She's the oldest of her parents, three children. She has a younger brother and sister. And by 1990, she was attending high school at St. Clair Shores, Michigan, and she was living with her mother. Stephanie's pastor described her as a sweet girl with an outgoing personality to the Detroit Free Press. So Stephanie was murdered in Warren, Michigan, when she was 15 years old in 1991. And each of the articles I read would only mention like these two things over and over again. She ran away from home. And it was suspected that she was killed in a satanic ritual. Other than that, like, they don't ever mention her as a person. I couldn't find any statements from her family. I couldn't even find, like, an obituary that they had put out for her. And each time, you know, I found, I searched, I just couldn't find shit. So I do know that at 15, Stephanie was staying at a friend's house that she met through church. And one day, the two other occupants of the home, two of the other occupants, one of them being her friend, decided to kill her without reason. And it was Jamie Rodriguez Jr. and August Pina, her friend, who was staying in the home where Stephanie was living. And Jamie Rodriguez was on parole for kidnapping and auto theft. The house belonged to Jamie's mom and his aunts, although they worked out of state and they weren't often home. Jamie was 21 years old in 1991, and his cousin Augustine was 15 years old. And according to Jamie, one day he's sitting at the kitchen table when Augustine said, quote, let's kill Steph. And when Jamie asked him if he was serious, Augustine replied, quote, yeah, it was June 11th, 1991, and it was exactly two weeks before Stephanie's 16th birthday. Jamie then went down to the basement and spread newspapers on the floor to help clean up any mess that the murder might make. And Jamie said Augustine then went upstairs to wake up Stephanie and they walked. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, you remember. Hold this on. Yeah. The, I don't remember it. Okay. I, I mean, I don't remember it yet, okay. but I just want to say. Like, what the fuck? So you're just sitting there and it's like, let's kill this person. Okay, let me go spread some newspaper. I'll get prepared. Yes. No, I don't. This is going to bother me later when one of these guys is fucking paroled. Okay, go on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This. I'm like this. I'm with you. They're so fucking casual about the fact that they're about to end this young girl's life. She's not an adult. She is another child. She is 16 or 15 years old at this point. You know what I mean? Still a child, legally, mentally. I know when I was 15, I thought I was shit, but we're still children, okay? Right. So they get Stephanie. They walk her down to the basement. Augustine does, goes and gets Stephanie. He walks her to the basement. Jamie said then he then held Stephanie by the neck while Augustine stabbed her. Stephanie had been stabbed approximately 10 times before falling to the ground, and the two males then decided to dismember her body. Jamie claims that they didn't verbalize the need to dismember her to each other. They just looked into each other's eyes, like mine connected and, and began cutting. So they decapitated her and they removed her tongue first. 
Her head was then skinned and placed in the basement freezer, in a basement freezer kind of fridge area, because sometimes it says freezer, sometimes it says fridge. Her spleen and other body parts were removed and placed in four plastic bags. Three of the bags were buried in shallow graves, and the fourth one was actually still sitting on the front seat of a car that was in the garage. And here's where the Satanism comes in. Jamie Rodriguez had been looking into Satanism for about six years prior to Stephanie's brutal murder. They were dismembering, when they were dismembering Jamie's body, I mean, Stephanie's body, Jamie cut off her right index finger. And here's a quote from the Detroit News article written at the time. Quote, I wanted a finger for a charm to wear around my neck. It has something to do with my beliefs, but not really. It's something else, really, that I don't want to talk about. End quote. That was Jamie. And that was all that was needed for society and the media outlets to put the emphasis on the dangers of like Satan and Satanism. That's why no matter when you look this up, that's all you see. And Jamie said that he turned to Satanism after his mom committed suicide, August 30th, 1987, in their home. He said he had felt betrayed by God, so he turned to a new God, one that he thought would do a better job of looking over him. Jamie was a tattoo artist, and he had inked a pentagram on his chest. Jamie had also tattooed a 666 on the left side of Stephanie's chest and a heart on the right side. And this is done while she was alive and consenting. Jamie had said that his belief system isn't why he killed Stephanie. She was murdered on a whim. I was like, oh, Jesus, fuck. I know. I'm like, no, that's better, Jamie. No, no, right. Yeah, better. So the two males were caught due to the fact that they did not try to hide what they did. A girl named Valerie Rapson, who was 17 years old at the time, was shown Stephanie's head in the like freezer. Valerie acted like she was cool with the situation and laughed. And then she went to go get her friend, Kimberly Hickson, who was 17 years old. And they came back together. And when they came back, Jamie was still home. And the girls are like, hey, uh, if you want, we're going to cut your hair. And he's like, yeah, I'll take a haircut. They're like, cool, cool, cool. Why don't you get in the shower and wash up first, get your hair clean, then we'll cut your hair. And he's like, all right. So he goes to the bathroom, starts taking a shower. The girls grab a bag, put, put the head in it. And then Valerie and Kimberly leave the house, head for the police station immediately. Go Jamie them. Tells, I know. Absolutely, girls. You did the right thing. Jamie told the Detroit News, quote, I finally realized what I had done when she took the head, end quote. Jamie and Augustin were then arrested for murder. So Jamie was charged with murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and mutilation of a corpse. During the trial, prosecutors showed a 10-minute video of the medical examination of Stephanie's head. And it was really traumatic for the family and the mom, the siblings had to leave. And Jamie was found guilty at the end and sentenced to life in prison, and Michigan doesn't have the death penalty. So what we do is if you are convicted of premeditated murder, we put you in jail for the rest of your life. He, Jamie is in jail for the rest of his life. <clears throat> now, in regards to Jamie's thoughts on Stephanie's death, he's quoted by the Detroit News as saying, I've come close to this feeling. It's not a feeling of pity or remorse or anything like that. It's not like I'm, a, I'm, I'm feeling bad inside for it. I'm not happy for it, end quote. That was Jamie's thoughts. Oh, yeah. No okay. pity, no remorse. He doesn't feel bad, but he also doesn't feel happy, just so you know that. He's pretty neutral on what happened. So I couldn't find anything about Augustine's records or information. That's because he's a minor at the time of this murder, right? He goes through juvenile court, and those records are kept sealed because they want to protect the kid's identity. So Augustine was sentenced to life in prison, though he was also found guilty, for homicide, first degree. So that means in Michigan, prison for the rest of your life. 
And he got, and he was also found guilty of dis dismemberment of a dead body. Now, in 2012, the Supreme Court ruled that a life sentence without parole was cruel and unusual punishment if it involved a minor, because children don't have the mental capacity to understand the full consequences of their actions. This meant that the they we had in Michigan we had to review 300 sentences of people that were in jail who had been placed in jail with a life sentence as a minor. Twelve of those were in Macomb County, and one of those was August Pina. So on August 4, 2020, August Pina was sentenced to 35 to 60 years in prison. So they, they had to take away the life in prison. They want to resentence him from to 35 to 60 years. The judge believes that Augustine was under the influence of his cousin Jamie, who was a who has psychopathic tendencies. And Stephanie's family, though, does submit letters to the judge regarding Augustine's hearing. They're like, they watch the, the proceedings via video. And they're like, look, we want him to go to jail for the, the later half. You say 35 to 60, let's make it 60, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Augustine was considered to be a model prisoner. And he had gone 13 years without a citation. He teaches classes in prison and he mentors younger men. And despite the fact that he initiated the murder of another child, Augustine was paroled from prison on December 17th, 2020. In his statements, he mentions being a child at the time of the crime and being influenced by his cousin. I didn't think he was taking personal responsibility. And you know, that's something that burns my ass. You have to take personal responsibility for what you did. You're the one that said, hey, do you want to go kill Stephanie? You're the one that went upstairs and got Stephanie. And you're the one that fucking stabbed Stephanie. Well, and I think I we see it. That's just my opinion, but he hasn't been charged with any crimes in the last year and a half that he's been on parole. Well, and I think that, you know, that recent case that I did where the child was, what, 13? Yeah. And another child, and he, he did show that, you know, remorse took responsibility for it, and... Yeah, to me, that is acceptable. That is acceptable if you say, I shouldn't have done that. I did something wrong. But if you say, oh, well, I was a kid and I didn't understand. Right. And my cousin was influencing me and he's just a bad guy. And I feel like, no, because then you might do it again. Because what if somebody else influences you? I know you're not a kid anymore, but you could be like, well, I didn't grow up right because I grew up in jail. And you know what I mean? Right. I, that, yeah. that, that one bummed me out. I, I agree. Like yeah. What do you have, though? I, I want to hear something new. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. I have the railroad sniper, Rudy Bladell. So Rudy was in the military in 1950, working on the military train. When he left the military, he decided to continue working in the railroad industry. And his father was also a ra railroad fireman for Old Rock Island and Pacific, which was located in Niles, Illinois. Okay. In 1959, the railroad operation moved to Indiana, which left many railroad workers in Niles, Illinois, unemployed. Rudy was one of those employees who were fired. Rudy found employment, though, with the railroad company, Indiana's Harbor Beltline. Okay. He still held anger and bitterness towards the other railroad company for terminating his employment. 
So Rudy basically would, like he was just reduced in employment? Right. So yeah. com- railroad companies in Illinois, it decides it's not going to be there anymore. It's going to move to Indiana. And with that, people lost their jobs. Okay. So it's not, he, he's taking something, he's taking it personal, but it was like an, uh, an overall decision, a larger decision. Right. Okay. Yep. The company okay. just moved. Okay. They didn't, they were like, fuck you, Rudy. But it was basically like, hey, for our whatever purposes, we're going to close your shop down. Right. And so okay. he was, he held that anger and bitterness towards that railroad company for terminating his employment. Like, like it you should have taken, enough. yeah, you should have <laughs> taken him with you. Uh, so okay. R- Ruby would start taking his anger out on other railroad workers. This would so start. So he's also like a shitty coworker too. Right. Oh yeah. Oh no shit. Oh yeah. He's, he's bad. Okay. So he would start this in 1963. That's when his first killing would be in August, 1963. He shot and killed Roy Botorf, B-O-T-T-O-R-F, who was an engineer, and Paul Overstreet, who was a fireman. Oh, shit. He, he would kill them while they were in the cab of their train in Hammond, Indiana. So they were passengers? No, they're in the cab, the front. Oh, I learned oh, that. Okay, when I you. say cab, that's the driver's seat. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he kills the, the driver of the train? Yeah, the engineer. And then every engineer has a fireman back then. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me. I, I didn't know. I didn't know there was trained firemen, but there are. Okay. So the police would investigate the two murders. The case would go cold. They got nothing. Rudy's next killing would not be until 1968. Obviously, he didn't get over being terminated after the last killings. And five years later, he decides, hey, we're going to do it again. So on August 6, 1968, in Elkhart, Indiana, Rudy would shoot and kill John Marshall, an engineer, as he entered his train. So he was getting onto the train and Rudy shot him. Okay. This time there was a witness to the murder, but they only could give police a description of how the murderer walked. And they described him walking as a ape-like stride with an ape-like stride. I wonder what that means. I have no idea. Maybe hunched over and. Yeah, I'm like a weird legged or something. Yeah. So because they couldn't see the person's face, this case went cold. Okay. So he's managed to kill three people so far. Okay. Three years later, Rudy in Elkhart, Indiana shot another engineer, but this time the engineer was able to disarm Rudy and use Rudy's gun to shoot him. Oh, he took Rudy's gun off of him and then shot him with his own gun? Yep. I'm delighted. So Rudy was arrested. He pled guilty and received a prison sentence of one to five years for aggravated battery. 
Okay. Yep. So well, Rudy's right. Rudy, sir. Well, remember, right now they don't know. Well, He's not like connected attempted, to but, the other. But isn't that like attempted murder? Like you tried to kill him, you just didn't. <laughs> Maybe he plead. He I did a plea deal. Like a plea deal. Yeah. He served 18 months and was paroled. Okay. His anger towards the railroad would increase when Indiana's Harbor Belt Line refused to give him his job back because, you know, a railroad would want to hire him back after trying to kill one of their employees. Absolutely. Yeah. Because just because I'm trying to kill one of your engineers doesn't mean I can't get my damn job back. Oh, no shit. So Rudy killed. Rudy's totally unhinged. Let's, let's, yeah. Yeah. Now we haven't got over the first time, you know, okay, we got let go because the railroad moved. Now we can't get over the fact that, hey, just because I tried to kill somebody doesn't mean you had to get all mad at me. It's not like, just because you try to kill one coworker don't mean you're going to try to kill them all. <laughs> I don't know why they're being so mean about this. Right. <laughs> that one just got me. Like when I read that. Like you gotta be kidding me, dude. <laughs> For real. Okay. So Rudy killed again on April 5th, 1976. When he shot through the window of a train sitting in the yard of Elkhart, Indiana. And he killed James McCrory, M-C-C-R-O-R-Y. Okay. This would be the mistake Rudy would make and would cause the police to obviously suspect him. Yeah. Um, come on, you tried to kill your employee or, you know, your coworker, went to prison, don't you, in the same freaking place. You think they're going to look at you. They started to do surveillance on him in January of 1978 in South Bend. They arrested Rudy after he came out of a gun shop with a new gun. And as a felon, this gave the police the ability to arrest him. Okay. Okay. They, they tried to tie the railroad shootings to Rudy unsuccessfully and he was released this made rudy realize the police were on to him so he decided to maybe become a better human nope just made him move where he was killing railroad workers okay so he made his way to jackson michigan oh Yep, so we went from Illinois to Indiana, and now we're in Michigan. Okay. So in Jackson, Michigan, on December 31st, 1978, he entered a railroad yard, walked up to Robert Blake, a flagman, and William Gullick, G-U-L-A-K, a conductor, and shot them at close range. He would then walk to the platform and shoot Charles Burton, a fireman. And the ticket manager there, the person selling the tickets, heard gunshots and was able to call the police and give a description of Rudy. 
They investigated the shootings and also interviewed employees from Hammond, Indiana. So now we're tying all these things together. We know this something's up here. And so when they interviewed the employees from Hammond, Indiana, there was one who told them about Rudy and how when they had worked together, Rudy would talk in graphic detail about the railroad workers who were murdered there. Oh, shit. Police brought Rudy in for questioning, but released him again due to lack of evidence. Are you kidding me? Nope, not kidding. As Michigan police continued investigating, they would receive a break in the case when in Jackson, Michigan, hikers would stumble on a shotgun that was linked to the case there in Jackson. The serial number of the firearm brought them to Rudy on March 22nd, 1979. He would be charged with three murders, and those are the ones in Jackson, Michigan. Okay. It was reported in the Encyclopedia of Modern Serial Killers that he had confessed to the three murders, but during his trial changed his story saying he had sold the gun to someone, some unknown person. This wouldn't work. Nobody believed him. And he was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. Good. His story doesn't end there. Oh, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) this can't be that easy. Yep. Because in, yeah, because in 1985, the Michigan Supreme Court overturned the verdict because he wasn't advised of his rights prior to giving the confession. And in 1987, the Supreme Court of the United States would also agree with overturning the verdict. This brought a second trial in 1987. Wow. Where, pro- yeah, where prosecutors were able at this time to prove, and it was so minuscule, like this, like evidence was very small, but they were able to take this small piece of evidence that the gun had been in his suitcase, in Rudy's suitcase, before it was discarded, but after it was used. So after it was used, he put it in a suitcase and then discarded it. Okay. And he was found guilty and received, again, the three consecutive life sentences in June, on June 19th, 1987. So finally done. He's serving his life sentence. He... Ultimately, he died in 2006. He was 73, and he died of thyroid cancer. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I thought that was a crazy story. Well, that it went like, for how so you, long. Right. Like, how do you, how can you not? Like, well, I mean, I guess you need hard evidence, but for God's sakes, you know, everywhere this person worked, people were dying. I know. And he, yeah, he's gone after multiple people, which you might not have known in the beginning, but you had to know something was up with him. I mean, he had to be twitching in some way. Right. I'm guessing. I think I'd like to think that we would. Damn. Right. And yeah. And uh, yeah. And he must have taken a plea. 
I mean, I went through all the appeals and the court documents was where I got most of my information. Okay. And, but I didn't see in that when he went to jail, actually went to prison the first time, if it was a, like, it didn't state it was a plea deal, but mm-hmm. it could have been. I uh, yeah. Missed. Well, plus um, records were a little bit different back in the day. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and then I learned, you know, gosh, reading a court document, like the trial documents, not bad, but get into those appeals and that it's like, it gets so damn confusing. Like after each section, they should just say, look, you're, we think the dude's guilty or we think the guilt guys or whatever. whatever. You should just give me one sentence, but it gets all confusing. So. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. <clears throat> so next week I'm going to do that. The I'll go over this what the first article that I wrote on Scott Kologi, and then I'm going to follow up because he does get tried in adult court. So the records become open. So in the beginning, we only know so much, and then he gets tried in adult court before being sentenced. And normally, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, because I just swoop in at the last minute. And go, oh, that's a good story. Let me do that. But I do have, I'm going to do Frederick Treesh. Okay. He, he um, enjoyed cocaine. He sh- shot people, robbed people, stole cars. Sounds like in a good like, time. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah. In multi-state, like Ohio, Michigan. Yeah. It's it pretty jacked up. Wow. Yeah, this is like, where yeah. you find out that there's a lot of people involved in trying to hunt the documents down of That's each right. person. Is yeah. In the end, I'm like finally figured out like well, you know what people got sentence yeah. wise, and I'm like that's it. I have no idea what happened from the point they were arrested, but I know that they were in jail. Or <laughs> yeah, it's well, like for God's sakes, if somebody like it, it. I think we spend more of our time and you'd have to, you know, you can agree or disagree, but I swear to God, I spend more of my time reading the same goddamn article because oh. people copy that. Like, I just read seven fucking stories, news articles, and they were the goddamn exact same. And I'm like, I just want to know what happened to the people, other people in the car. Yeah, sometimes, and, and their shit is literally word for word stolen from someone else. Yeah. yeah. I would have, um, so I was going to, I'm reading a true crime book, right? So I was going to do that one. But then I thought, then I find out literally three-fourths of the way of the book that it was also featured on the TV show. So that's why your uh, your brother was trying to <laughs> help me find a way to watch the TV show. Yeah. So I was about to do it, but then the, then I, yeah. Uh, but after Scott Kologi, I'll do the true crime um uh, story that I've been reading about and then I watched the TV show about and I've read some articles because it is jacked up. It's a double murder and it is just jacked up. I'm here for it. All right. So I'll talk to you next week then. All right. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye.